obviously, uh, I want to say almost this time last year. And I, it was a great conversation. And we talked about all kinds of things like hormones, weight loss, which definitely want to probably talk about today. But I deleted that on accident. So we're going to redo it. Um, but yeah, man, if you don't mind, just hit us with the elevator pitch. Tell us a little bit more about yourself and what you do. Absolutely, man. So, uh, yeah, I mean, my gig is in Columbus, Ohio. So, you know, you're down in Cincy. I'm here in Columbus, you know, the, the Ohio boys mm-hmm. uh, holding on here. So, but uh, I have been a personal trainer for ever, basically, since I went to college. So that was my undergrad, played baseball in college, um, kind of got into fitness and wellness right away, which you know, it feels like a blessing for me. Like a lot of people find they have to wiggle their way around to find out what they're really passionate about and what they love to do in life. And uh, it's kind of fallen right in my lap and uh, it's always been there. And it's uh, just as passionate as ever is kind of where I'm at with everything. And, you know, I've kind of started off with just a lot of curiosity around how my clients, my personal training clients would like one person would feel great if I did something, the other person would feel like shit if I did something. You know, you're like, it, it just, again, I'm 22. I'm kind of baffled. I'm like, why can I do this thing with one person and they feel wonderful? I do the exact same thing. I coach it the same way. And this other person's like, yeah, this, this feels kind of crappy. It doesn't feel right. So that kind of led me down this rabbit hole of like understanding the differences between different humans, different, you know, anatomies of, of where like, I mean, again, there's structural differences, but the actual movement that is happening is pretty similar in people, but it's just kind of where they're starting from. Um, And I went into, I was big on Eric Cressy because he was uh, the baseball guy at the time. So that was kind of like my initial intro. It's like somebody I would study. And I went down to, uh, went to Boston, went to Florida and kind of watched his practice and uh, found PRI through him. He was talking about Ron Horeska and, uh, um, how he used that with some of his baseball players to look at some things. And I was like, Oh, that's interesting. You know, I happened to have a, a hip that was awfully grumpy in college being a catcher and it never really felt right after a certain point. And I went to this PRI course in Columbus, actually it was in Columbus. So I got lucky and I, I popped in and uh, just learning a little bit of breath work and a little bit of pelvic positioning, like my grumpy hip, went away pretty much completely after that course and a little bit of practice. And I was like, okay, so there's definitely something here that like, I'm just totally missing. Um, so I kind of jumped around. I didn't really like dive through PRI right away. I looked into DNS again, which is another piece of you know, it's a developmental kinesiology, but it's kind of looking at a lot more of the breath cycle and what they would call like the cylinder. Um, so I took that, which is also again here in Columbus. So we've got, you know, some really cool stuff that's available here uh, and some awesome practitioners. So I learned that uh, Dr. Richard Ohm is the guy who was hosting it here in Columbus. And I was just like, holy shit, there's so much stuff out there. It's like, why, why would I ever want to stop like learning about all these different things? And, and uh, so I went back to massage therapy school as well, because I wanted to get some hands on people and see if that could expedite the process. So like, I'm like, this has got to be able to you know, help make people a little bit better, a little bit quicker. Um, so I went that route. Basically, I've running my own practice now for about six, coming up on six years of adding in like personal training is one aspect. 
uh, massage, manual therapy, breath work being this other aspect of it. Um, and I actually just took a, a teaching gig uh, at the massage, one of the massage therapy schools here in Columbus, because I feel like the profession as a whole is kind of, uh, I guess, underwhelming, you know, like a lot of times you like, you know, like, hey, like, there's a 100 massage therapy places like down the street from me. And people come in and they hop on a table and they're ready to take a nap uh, and have somebody rub them down. And it's just like, we're state medical board licensed practitioners. And the best we can do is like hop on a table and take a nap. Um, and I just feel like there's gotta be like, at least like have a good thorough assessment to walk people through initially to understand what tissue might be more um, appropriate to work on with somebody. You know, I just, there's lots of pieces to that. And uh, I'm hoping I can kind of get in there and help and maybe encourage some of these newer students um, or students that are going to be newer massage therapists to see the options they have to be able to get out there and help people and not get burnout and not, you know, kind of the same gig with PT school. Like a lot of people can get burnout from that stuff too, because there's a lot of high volume. I think massage therapists just get bored and they don't feel like they're making as much of a difference as maybe they could be um in their field so I, I, that's the the gist of things of where my brain's at mentally and you know where i've kind of came from yeah i have a lot of places i want to go off from your intro just right off there uh, yeah. i think a good place to start in that i'm kind of curious about with you know taking this gig at the massage therapy school is like, do you have a sort of, I mean, obviously there's a curriculum, but what's your goal or sort of strategy with working in, you know, a lot of the continuing education stuff that you've gone through, because that's something I really, you know, respect and like even envy is like, you've, you've done a lot of con ed, like you've worked with Bill Hartman, you know, mentor, mm -hmm. mentoring wise, yep. which is, I'm sure that's a whole thing in itself. Yeah, that's a whole, that's um, a whole conversation. Yeah, but but yeah, like how like what's your sort of game plan for working that stuff in? Yeah, I think you know I, I don't like to say that everything should be taught from like an experiential uh space mm -hmm. because I only perceive things through my own lens, right? So I can teach people from my experience of what I feel what I've learned, how I've found things to work well for me. Um, and I think that same thing applies a lot with personal trainers and physical therapists is they make the assumption a lot of times that everybody should feel the same thing they feel. Um, and that's just not going to be the case, you know, for a million reasons. Um, what I might feel in a muscle or in a joint and not, I'm not talking palpation. I'm like talking in my own body. You know, like it's going to be a totally different experience from like maybe the same exercise that you feel, right? Like everybody's going to get different sensations. Everybody's going to get different awareness. And that's just based on our, our brain's experience of life. So, you know, it, I think it is important for some people to be able to clearly say, hey, like this is what I feel when I do this exercise or we do this drill or when I'm palpating this person, what do you feel like? And then how do we bridge those gaps for people? Like, again, structurally, you could look at somebody like 
let's say like a tall NBA player. Okay. That's really thin. Okay. And then you have a guy that's a professional shot put, you know, they're going to be broader offensive lineman style kind of, they're going to have different muscular joint sensations in their body just due to their setup, how their body is structured. So I can only teach from my experience, but I need to hopefully understand what the other people might be feeling. And I think that really helps people feel like, oh, like, it's okay if I don't feel what they feel. And it's legitimate. And it's, you know, like, you're the only one that feels what you feel. Mm -hmm. So like, no matter what, you can't quite explain it. And the other person is not going to quite understand thoroughly. But you can understand the options and the choices of things that could be happening. So my hope with going through this massage program and talking to them is making them understand that there's lots of options. There's lots of things people can be feeling and they're not wrong or right. They just are what they are. So like if we're palpating something, like it's not going to be the same from one person to another. Like, again, learn to understand anatomy, learn to understand that things change and nothing's perfect. Yeah. And then as they go through this experience, they have this bigger set of things that are options or open to them. It, even just like the, the other day, this one of the girls goes, you know, I was told I'm supposed to stretch the neck to the, to the left. And then I'm supposed to rub the trap that way. I'm like, that's fine. You can do it that way. You know, like that's not wrong, but that's going to be more superficial than if you do something in, in a different direction. Like if you take the head to that side and shrug that shoulder up, you can get in there a little deeper because you soften the tissue a little bit. I go, there are all different options of things that you can do to help somebody feel better. Um, so I want to try to bring all of that stuff together as much as I can, help them understand that everything can be useful. It's just learning to apply when it should be useful and trying to get those applications down because I, I, that's the only way I learn for myself is like, if I don't understand how this could be applicable in the future, it just leaves my brain. Yeah. It's just, gone. it's just gone. It's like, mm -hmm. eh, I don't, I don't see the application in this anywhere. So we're going to throw it out, mm -hmm. you know, but like if students start to be like, Oh, everything can be applicable. Here's what I need to know when to use it. They start seeing things as like, oh, I need to remember this for this reason. I need to remember this for this reason. And they start to apply it to people and find that it's useful. That makes sense. I I'm the same exact way, man. It's like, and I even will come back to things that I haven't used in a while. It's like, I completely forgot how effective this exercise is. And it's yeah. like, man, like I could have used this for so many people in the past week. And I just, it was gone. Like I just yeah. had it. It's a lot of content to stash in there really is and that's you know where like systems and things come in, into play and i don't know i think i could definitely be better with that and you know there's it makes sense as to why you know pri has gone down the rabbit hole of like algorithms and trying like i i've, I've even myself like shit on them been like oh you can't always trust the algorithms and blah 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 but at the mm -hmm. same time there's so much that you could mm -hmm. do mm -hmm. and it's like man like do you you just have these things at least some systems in place to play off of mm -hmm. and that's really the big thing i would say too is just knowing that probably can play off of it it doesn't have to be a b c d yeah 
creates this outcome every time. Yeah, and that's the trick. Like, I think that's where I wouldn't say people get bored, but you're not critically thinking for yourself anymore. Exactly. Like, yes, it's not creative. It's not no, and and I think a lot of people, especially in the fitness world, crave that, that creativity. Mm-hmm. And again, I I would want to assume that Bill Hartman, Ron Horeska, like they're definitely smarter than I am. End of story. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna you know bypass them, right. but at the same time if you always just follow somebody else's word, how would you know if you're going to get out there and find and discover and learn new things yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, like if you're kind of stuck in this framework of following ABCD equals whatever, you know, like I, I would like to assume that there's a lot of things that people still haven't quite got a grasp on. And if we continue to explore and learn and be open to other ideas and other ways of doing things, we'll stumble upon more and more ways to be useful for clients. Yeah. Um, and that's my goal is just like, I don't care how I help people. I, it makes no difference to me if it's cupping, if it's, you know, regular massage, if it's PRI, if it's DNS, if it's strength training, if it's breath work, I've seen it all work all of them at some point have worked mm-hmm. and, and by work, I mean, somebody feels better. Yeah. You know, but uh, do their joints always move perfectly when they feel better? No. Sometimes their joints move what seems like almost perfectly and they still feel like crap. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's so many variables to wrap our heads around that. It's just, it's, it's really uh, kind of mind blowing when you put it that way, that, you know, there's so many factors involved. Again, that's why things are complicated, but we don't want to let that complicated situation stop us from learning, exploring, and and kind of using our own intuition to work through those things. For sure. I think that's why I really gravitated toward Bill, Bill's content. I remember he put out a video sometime last year or something, and it was like McGill Big Three. Mm-hmm. And him talking about why those exercises are useful through mm-hmm. his model's lens. And it was like, and that's why I really like his models. He's just trying to take things like, you know, I have, I never saw in a PRI course, a prone Cobra, but here's Bill talking about a prone Cobra and when to use it for certain archetypes. And it's like, oh man, like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times I would use a prone Cobra for certain people and it would work and it would, and then it also wouldn't work mm-hmm. with the application it's still a movement that can create successful outcomes, but it's like, why, when, you know, that yeah. that's, that's the biggest thing. But Bill's yeah. definitely, I think, done a really good job of keeping it open. He's like, I don't care. Like, mm-hmm. let's just try to make sense of why we're doing it versus mm-hmm. spitballing or throwing something yeah. at the wall. Or, or saying my way is right. That too. Yeah. Again, his, I think part of his goal, I don't know if he said this clearly or not, um to me is that he's trying to create a model that takes into account every system that's out there mm-hmm. to find out when they should be working yeah like if again let's use frc or kin stretch or dns or you can even take like functional patterns and stuff like that yeah, for um, sure 
why do people get positive results and how with his model how does it prove that they can work but at the same time then prove when they don't work why they don't work mm-hmm. you know like he's trying to put everything in that framework to understand why we're getting those outcomes why are we getting some people successful and why are we not if we have the system in place that tells us that then it doesn't matter what system we pick from right exactly it's a it's a tough goal you know and, and i again i don't think he's kind of i think he hasn't straight up said that at least in his content and mm-hmm. you know, I, I personally haven't had the, the chance to talk to him i might just go on the yeah. podcast and ask him straight up like hey yeah. is it this like is this what you're yeah. doing but I definitely get that vibe from him and that's his goal with it. But when you're trying to talk about it in that way, everyone still wants to rope you into like, well, he's selling this expression, expansion, compression model. And it's like, that's, that's not it. In my opinion, he's just trying to make sense of the human body and why things work and don't work mm-hmm. like yeah. in total. And so yeah, I think that's. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. If we have the right framework, we can create better outcomes you're not in a specific model at that point you're just (laughs) you're taking from everything right Mm -hmm. looking at the body for what it is absolutely again he's recognizing that people get positive outcomes in a hundred different ways yep but how do we condense that down to when should this when should this model be useful and which particular exercises within that model are useful yeah totally I think it, and just kind of like circling back to what you even said too, it's, it's hard in these circumstances. Cause again, you can't feel what that person feels at the end of the day. Like I was even just, when you were talking about that, I was thinking about how many times I've told someone like, feel this or feel, mm-hmm. you feel that stretch. And they give me like a positive, like, yes, I feel that. But then I'm thinking like, they're probably I have no idea what that stretch actually feels like, but I just make the assumption Mm -hmm. that it was probably the same stretch that I felt Mm -hmm. when in reality, I could go so much deeper and be like, well, what kind of stretch is it? How intense is it? How do we objectively look at that? Like is, Mm -hmm. and then it's like, is that worth my time? But it's just, again, it just adds to the complexity of the body and these models. And Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting to, I do agree with like Pat Davison's outlook of training or even physical therapy and massage mm-hmm. therapy being like in the gilded age would you agree mm-hmm. with that yeah i think um you know pat pat was actually at my first pri course surprisingly yes. we it was like i didn't yeah. even know who, i had no idea who he was at the time we were sitting like across from each other and he was so grumpy at this pri course i mean <laughs> that he was like i can't get my abs to shut off like why can't i get my abs to shut off like <laughs> um he probably doesn't even remember, but it was it was uh it was pretty funny for me. Like mm-hmm. watching, like, oh man. But yeah, I mean, there's so much content. There's so much uh, bias from one person to another. There's so much um, debate on who's more right or who's wrong. Like, I think if people and again i think pat does this for himself is like he sits back and objectively looks at what he's doing and what's useful and what's not useful i think most people don't actually sit and do that mm-hmm. i think most people get in line with something they believe in for whatever reason 
and they just follow that pathway. And again, it's okay if you've got a good leader, you know, that's going to take you in a good direction. Um, but I've never been somebody that's good at like following directions. Mm -hmm. like, it's just not my, my, my place. Like I'm not a good employee either, you know? Um, <laughs> like I just want to try things and experiment and, you know, I don't really do good at following by the book, but I think there's so much out there that it, it's really tough to understand which direction to go in, in our field. Um, who do I follow? What do I follow? Who's a good person? Who's not a good person? There's just so much going on in our field that it can be really tough to navigate. I can imagine like coming out of college, I'd be like, oh my gosh, there's just so much. Like, which, what direction do I move in? Yeah. Well, I think that's a good, you know, question, right? Like, I, what would be your advice from both a general population consumer and then mm -hmm. for someone who is looking at this con ed stuff and like, what the hell should I freaking do? <laughs> like, you have advice for both of them? Uh, I think the general population, you know, I think the tricky part is finding something that isn't, isn't, maybe isn't even something. It's that someone you're willing to grow with and move forward with and become healthier, become stronger, so on and so forth, like whatever your your goal is, right? Because again, like I look at myself as like back at a 22-year-old kid, I didn't know what I was doing. Like there's no way I knew what I was doing. It was not possible at 22, I don't feel like with mm -hmm. all the stuff that's out there. Uh, even with a college strength can strength conditioning background and actually lifting weights for, for sports. Like I still didn't know how to train general population people at that point, mm -hmm. but I was willing to learn and grow and find ways to help my people feel better and get stronger and get their goals. So if you can really find, and I think finding a personal trainer, group personal trainer, you know, or online coach, that really feels like they have your back they're there to help you they want you to reach your goals and that and their goals in your goals specifically don't turn into like they're trying to impose these things on you yeah you know it just it needs to be a growing relationship that's what being a coach is right it's not just like i tell you what to do and you go do it and you get results and we're done mm -hmm. um hopefully like it's a growing evolving relationship with somebody that can last years and years until maybe it, it's not, it's not what you want anymore. And you can find somebody different if you want to, but you should find somebody that is willing to grow that you want to grow with is a good person, personality wise to fit. And they really have that kind of growth mindset to help you, you know, get to where you want to go. Yeah. I think the more I am looking at from like a business standpoint, as well as just how I want my, my training to look for someone mm -hmm. it's almost like you know talk therapy in some ways like if you're shopping around for a talk therapist you're looking for someone that you can trust mm -hmm. that isn't going to impose their beliefs necessarily mm -hmm. on you mm -hmm. but help you just sort through whatever sort of problems you might have struggles mm -hmm. and create positive like trajectory for you yeah, and it's absolutely. it's so broad in some ways, <laughs> like, oh, sure. but it, at that point, it's almost, you know, I, and I say this because like, I've, I've shot for talk therapists before in the past and mm -hmm. it's like, man, I've gone through and I'm like looking at their specialties and it's like, I don't even know what half of these acronyms mean. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it makes me think about 
the acronyms that I throw out there and courses yeah. that I've taken, I'm like, yeah, no one knows what this is. Like, oh, right. Yeah. There's, but it, the rare people that know what that stuff is, they're pretty locked on when they find you. Exactly. Exactly. So it, instead, it's more is this person like, let me look at the reviews. Are these genuine reviews? And is this a genuine person? Like, mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I mean, I guess I'm sort of biased in how I would approach some of this. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just from a consumer point, like that's how I would approach it. Mm-hmm. Treat it yeah. like a talk therapist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like you said, the, most of the stuff is Japanese to most people and yeah. they don't care as long as they're getting to their goals, they're feeling better. Um, and that's kind of where, you know, we run into the massage therapy route, chiropractor route, physical therapy route, like what's better? Like, they should all be kind of the same person, you know, like all helping you get to your goals, personal trainers, same thing. Like Mm -hmm. personal trainers can help people through pain or aches and stuff like that, just by helping them build confidence, move better. You know, there's always going to be a mental aspect to aches and pains and things like that as well. So like they should all be roughly the same type of person and should be learning and helping you get towards your goals. Or if they can't, after a certain amount of time, maybe they're able to connect you with somebody that should be able to help them. Do you think this is a a problem the industry as a whole will ever sort of overcome? Or will there always, like, I, I always think about this and it's like, you know, what would be the best thing for like rehab industry, even separate from fitness, but let's say like rehab you know, there's been some talk or push of like chiropractics, massage therapy and physical therapy and like everything just joins into one, Mm -hmm. right? And then like that would take out a lot of ego potentially and Mm -hmm. marketing where some of this confusion or like, well, I got better results with chiropractic. So I only Mm -hmm. see a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Do you think this is a, a problem that we've created as like just an industry marketing wise and like is it something that will ever overcome or what the existing Um, sort of setup we have i don't know does that make sense yeah i mean i'm not a hundred percent familiar with like how things work in other countries but i'm under the assumption that physiotherapy is that kind of right like it's it's kind of a hybrid of physical therapy personal trainer um chiropractic they all kind of do a lot of the same things mm-hmm. um and because we've made chiropractors the poppers you know or adjusters yeah. we've made um pt be like oh like you lay on a table and do stem and a little bit of banded exercise and simple stuff we've got you know personal trainers that get you stronger um but really like Again, like if they can't do all of those things, you're, I wouldn't say you are wasting your time because they can all still be useful in certain scenarios like we just talked about. Mm-hmm. But like, why would you want to have four people that do each of those things that you're working with when you can have one person that can do that stuff or maybe two um, that are a little bit better at certain things? I, I feel like that communication line is maybe the hardest thing that we have to deal with is like, how does your doctor communicate with your chiropractor who communicates with your physical therapist who communicates with your personal trainer to get on the same page? 
-hmm. we don't have a system for that there's no way to make that smooth yeah um like i try to have a lot of communication with all the different people that refer clients to me which again mostly come from doctors pts chiros that send people to me but it's still hard to keep up with like how'd your last appointment go with this person how was your appointment with this other person how was that appointment and i spend 20 minutes gathering information about how all of their appointments went and is somebody doing something that's maybe gonna negatively affect you because they're not looking at a big picture yeah and like i feel like i have to be the big picture person like i have to look at what is the doctor trying to do what is the pt trying to do what is the chiropractor trying to do and how do how do i help wrap that up and bundle that up for somebody so that they can feel good about it and make consistent progress yeah that's a it's a task man like i'm like thinking about it and it's like gosh like it's it's hard to do and it it I don't know. I don't think there's a right answer. I, I almost feel it's like we need more people that, like you said, one person that can do all four of those things mm-hmm. potentially, yeah. but at the same time, like how many people are out there that are like you, right? <laughs> like, yeah, there's only would... probably a handful in the freaking country that could mm-hmm. handle something like that and the abilities. So mm-hmm. maybe it is better to have sort of this specialized system that we've created yeah, it's, it's it's really tough to say, which is well, it, more it, useful. I haven't been involved in one that's all physiotherapists. You know, like I don't, yeah. I, I can see that there's probably negatives to that too. Um, I, I would say physical therapy is like the closest thing to having everything included because, you know, they can mm-hmm. do massage. Mm-hmm. They, depending on the, I mean, they can dry needle now. They can mm-hmm. crack people depending on the state. Yep. They do exercise. Mm-hmm. But again, it's still like, well, at what caliber <laughs> are they? Yeah, sure. You you probably only do like I know plenty of PTs that are just like, well, I only dry needle people now. It's like mm-hmm. <laughs> you went to school for four years to be a doctor, and you only poke people with needle. Like, why didn't you go through this program? <laughs> yeah. And again, I think that still boils down to like they found that to be useful more often than not. Yeah. So that's now their go to, but maybe they don't have a model that helps them decide when you know dry needling doesn't work here's what i need to do yeah you know because they're just stuck on dry needling now and if somebody doesn't get better then they have a you know a different problem that they can't fix but if they had a better rationale for like well it doesn't actually make sense to dry needle this person i need to do this and this then they would get better results consistently yeah and and i think i've I've always kind of tried to fill gaps um, from my clients and the people that I know. So being a personal trainer, I mean, that's is what it is. But then after that, I was like, Oh, like I can do manual therapy and teach movement better by getting a little hands on. So I wanted to fill that gap because people were going to PT, but then when they came back to the gym, they still didn't know how to squat. Yeah. And trying to do that in a small group setting could be tough. So I would take those people and work one-on-one with them for a little while help loosen some stuff up, help them, you know, squat a little bit better by changing their form or their cues. And all of a sudden they're like, Oh, squatting feels great. So I can let them go back to a group setting now and they feel good about squatting and they can get stronger when, you know, they don't necessarily need me, but it was kind of bridging the gap between what strength coaches generally know and what PTs generally know. Um, Again, very broad idea of that, but 
I kind of filled that middle ground um, right. to bridge that gap. And then it's the same thing applies. Like, I don't feel like there's really a, um, you know, th there's no real physician now that's really a general physician. There's no regular GPs. Like there's yeah. no general physician. Like, yeah, there are, like it's called a GP, but like they don't know anything about you at all. They've got like 8 million clients. And they can barely remember the people's names, you know? Oh, um, I just went and got my physical. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why did I do this? Like, what was this again? Yeah. Like, I literally did it for just the blood panel. Like, yep. And I was like, didn't create a relationship with this person. I was like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm here to create a, you know, a line of care. Like, mm -hmm. I want to est establish care. And my establishment of care was just like, a 15 minute conversation. She made sure I didn't smoke and drink yeah. a ton and do crazy yeah. drugs. And then <laughs> took and my like, blood yeah, and I was yeah. like, she didn't even take my blood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See you next year. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It was <clears throat> yeah. And that's just, it's, it's not enough for the places that we're in currently. And if, if people want to be better than crappy, um, you know, yeah. I wouldn't even say better than average because I would rather than survive. Yeah. Of. Right. So like I've kind of taken that as like a next step. So like I've spent time learning about blood labs. I've spent time learning about gut health testing. I'm, you know, working through learning more about hormone testing and all that stuff because I want to be able to take these people that come to me. They trust me. You know, I know a lot about them. If I work with them for months or years, like I've had people for 10 years, you know, or more before. Mm -hmm. And I know their family, their kids' names, their relationships, their right. blood labs, their stool samples, their hormones, their strength training. Like that's what like a general knowledge base can give you. It gives you this view of all these pieces that make up our health or, you know, or you know, don't make us healthy if we have all a bunch of those things going in the wrong direction. And not everybody's going to want to change those things. And that's okay. Um, they get to live their own life and make their own choices. Mm -hmm. But I want to know enough about all of these things that it's not just like an inch deep and a mile wide, but it's actually like a foot deep and a mile wide. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, because a foot deep gets you a lot of people better. Like if you're pretty good at strength training, if you're pretty good at manual therapy, if you're pretty good, again, you can use the food analogy, which is, it works sometimes like 80, 20 rule, like, Oh, if 80% of the time you're doing great, you know, you're probably going to feel fine. And that works if you've got good gut health and stuff, but 80% of the people can get better with good strength training. I think 80% of people are going to get better with manual therapy. 80% of people are going to get better with some nutrition changes and sleep changes. And like, you can get a long ways being a foot deep in stuff and help people with 80, 90% of the facts. Mm -hmm. um, maybe I'm not a PRI expert and certified, but if I understand their fundamentals and principles, a lot of people get better. I got better just yeah. from like taking one course. Like, so are you saying that I need to be a pro completely to get some people better? No. Um, but again, like our bar is set so low that I think that like being a foot deep in a lot of those things can just really give some people some insight into where they're at and where they need to go. Yeah. Well, I think too, James, like the thing that I'm understanding from this conversation and kind of hearing is 
again, man, like you're someone who's done the work and you go the extra mile. And I think that's something that the industry, I don't know if it's, it locks other professionals in a specific mindset of like, it's this, this is all I need to know. This is the best thing that's ever been out there because of the marketing that's related to it. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what's happened. Mm -hmm. But there's like almost another level of like consciousness. I don't want to say consciousness. It's like, or just letting the ego go and be like, we don't know shit. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, you know, there's so much that's going on. You know, that squat shift that you have in a strength setting could be, I mean, there's just so much out there. Mm-hmm. Right? And then just to say, well, it's this one thing, like that's, that's a lot of ego and hubris. <laughs> yeah, right. hubris. I don't know if that's the word, but it, it's, I, again, like for people, I think that are listening to this, like to be successful, is just, you got to let that go and be open to being wrong. And that we probably don't understand exactly what's happening. But like you said, a foot deep gets you of really far in a lot of different ways. And and I think too, that's a testament to the body and how resilient and adaptable it is. Mm-hmm. Cause you might just need to know a couple of those things to make someone a true difference for someone. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I try to go in 10 year chunks. It sounds crazy to a lot of people, but like, I remember you telling me that that's why Yeah, I do like, <laughs> you know, 10 years of personal training where like, I just dive in and try to get as good at it as I can. I feel like that for most people getting 10 years of a lot of practice at something probably gets you more than a foot deep, I would hope, uh, into something, um, you know, 10 years, I'm going to hammer through manual therapy and breath work stuff, rib cage mechanics, all that jazz. And then hopefully another 10 years after that and nutrition lab work, you know, all that stuff. So like 30 years in, like I have three really big skill sets, hopefully that, allow me to help most everybody mm-hmm. um and so like i'm just kind of i punch away at you know education learning from other practitioners you know and getting back to hosting events and courses this year a lot more and i want to yeah. keep providing that for other people that want to learn because it's not always the easiest thing to get access to and it's not always the easiest thing to find again because you have so many options sometimes where it's just like i yeah, you're paralyzed by these 100 different courses you could be taking. Which one should I start with? I'm excited for the the people that you're teaching. I don't, I don't want to say I want to say kids, but adults and just oh, yeah, they're definitely not kids. Two of them are like in their late 50s, early 60s. Exactly. <laughs> but like having someone that is like open minded and has yeah. pulled from different areas and that is just like, Hey, like it, who knows what it is? Like it, who, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this, like, what are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. How are you going to test it? What's the application here? And I think like, uh, you know, build, I, I love watching Bill's calls with people because people are like, well, what do I do? And he's like, there's all kinds of things you can do to improve that. Like take your pick, just tell yeah. me why you're going to do it. Yeah. And, and having that, that creates a critical thinking and, I think you're going to do a good job or are doing a good job of teaching. Like it's not this, it's not this marketing. It's not that this is the best. It's mm-hmm. not one singular thing. It's just be open play. Mm-hmm. And that's the direction. I think the industry just needs to sort of accept, um, but I'm biased. I don't know, but I, I am curious about with some of the breath work stuff that you do mm-hmm. and talking hormones and gut health. Mm-hmm. 
are there like certain patterns that you've noticed, you know, say, or like restrictions on the hormone and gut level that may restrict the effectiveness of some of the breath work that you do uh, in scenarios? Like I'm, I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There definitely is, um, you know, interference with some of that stuff, you know, um, that's the best way that I can put it is it's not just something that stops or opens these gates. Right. But right. it creates interference at times um, where if somebody's eating in a way that they like right before bed, for example, and they get super congested because their body's having this like post nasal drip, like, you know, congestion, but then they go to sleep and they can't breathe through their nose all night. Mm. You know, that could be a thing that, you know, they might not put that together at all, but the food is then making them congested at night. And then all of a sudden they can't sleep properly and they wake up feeling grumpy. And then you just repeat that year after year, you know, and things don't feel so great. Um, you know, we use sleep and food for regeneration, hopefully if we're absorbing those nutrients. Uh, and then the same thing, like if people have undiagnosed gut issues, you know, cause I've, you know, I get a lot of people that walk in like, Oh yeah, I have IBS or I have this or I have that. I'm like, so cool. What you doing about it? I'm like nothing, you know, like I just have it. But, yeah. But you know, IBS in like our world is like uh, low back pain. Yeah. True. Somebody comes in and goes, I got low back pain. And what does that tell you? Just that their low back hurts. Like, mm -hmm. why does it hurt? I, I don't know. Like maybe your hips don't move. Maybe your spine doesn't move. Maybe you can't breathe. Like, it doesn't really give you a framework to work off of. So you have to learn about that. Like, why does this person have IBS? Um, so then you can run stool testing. You can kind of learn what kind of bacteria they have. If they have gases like SIBO, you know, does somebody have a lot of methane, hydrogen sulfide, which makes them bloated and have gas? Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe as you figure that stuff out, and I've had clients that have had, you know, high blood sugar and, they feel foggy, they feel tired, they feel unmotivated to work out even, you know, all these things. And you fix that and they're like, they feel clear-minded and they wanna go work out now. So saying somebody's, you know, not dedicated to going and working out when they feel awful, like it's hard. Like, I mean, yeah. if you feel really crappy, like it's hard to wanna do things if you can get somebody healthy first, then they're going to want to live their life and do things a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and they're going to be more excited about all these things instead of being scared because they feel like they're going to feel worse after, um, mm -hmm. you know? So I, I think helping people get healthy can create the motivation or the encouragement or the desire to do more healthy things. I think it's really hard to force people to lift weights or work out or study late or do these things or study hard, whatever to do these things if they feel terrible. Yeah. So, so understanding enough to help people navigate through that, because then you can add in breath work, which then helps them stay feeling good. Good sleep helps them stay feeling good. Uh, I think those things are the pieces that can maintain health. Uh, really well but if there's other things blocking that whether it's gut bacteria congestion it makes it really hard to kind of break through through that
That makes sense, man. I, I can't tell you how many, because, you know, creating a habit, especially working out or eating well, and that's, mm-hmm. I mean, what, it's like all, most diet plans, like everyone fails, <laughs> like yeah, the New Year's resolution yeah. stuff, they mm-hmm. probably fail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you want the wind at your back mm-hmm. at, when creating these habits and this motivation and everything that you're doing. And if you mm-hmm. don't have that, and it's just a bigger hill that you're mm-hmm. battling like it's not fun <laughs> like, no. it's hard to get those like dopamine hits and mm-hmm. you can i don't know man I, it just made me think about some of my clients right now like oh, like we've gotten up far mm-hmm. but it's like could we have made this easier if maybe we did address some of these other things and mm-hmm. i guess like the gut health is out of out of my scope i really don't know as much as i would like mm-hmm. but we hit sleep we hit some of the basics and that helps, but it's like, how much deeper could we go? Mm-hmm. So it's a, yeah. You can, you can make a lot of progress with doing the basics, you know, savagely well, Yeah, but, true. but there still can be things that hold people back just enough that they can't make those breakthroughs, like the big breakthroughs. Yeah. Um, and aha again, moment. Yeah. And that's just, I get a lot of people that come into my office that have saw five practitioners already. You know, their doctor didn't help them. Their PT didn't help them enough because a lot of times they weren't seeing the bigger picture. You know, maybe they're all trying to address things that could help, but they're not putting that plan or puzzle together appropriately. Like we're all 5,000 piece blue puzzles and it's all the same color blue. (laughs) Like it's not easy to put that shit together. Yeah. It's going to take a while. And if you get to see somebody once a year, you don't have a chance. Like, yeah. Um, so the people that do see clients you're just looking at the box and being like, ah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, you're not even pouring them out on the table. <laughs> yeah. Dump it out. Oh, I'll get a couple pieces. We're done here. Yeah. Um, right. And it's just like the people that see them the most have the best opportunity to put that puzzle together. Mm-hmm. So trainers, coaches that see people weekly, you know, bi-weekly, like for years, are going to be able to help people put stuff together. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's, I mean, like you said, it's the best way to look at it. But again, man, you're going above and beyond. There's a mindset there that the industry could benefit from. And it, I just always wonder, it's like, how do you get that ingrained? And I, my cop-out answer is always like, well, fitness, even health and wellness and the medical field is still very young in relation to humans. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? awesome. yeah. It's crazy how young it truly is. Mm-hmm. So it's like, ah, but, but is that an excuse? And it's sort of, maybe we just need to redefine what is excellency in the industry as a whole. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not getting really, really good at that one specific thing. Maybe mm-hmm. it is for some people, but yeah, it's necessary. But at the same time, like, maybe getting really good at that, but also knowing how you fit into the, you know, mm-hmm. what what's your puzzle, blue puzzle piece that fits into mm-hmm. the big picture better. Mm-hmm. And maybe just understanding that would be enough. I don't know. Yeah. I just, yeah. I like to find people that have really good specific specialties. If, you know, if I, if my foot deep approach doesn't work, I need somebody there that is the thousand foot deep into this one thing that can help yeah. me uncover that. 
But right. there's, I honestly don't think that there's just enough generalists in, mm-hmm. out there. Like there's not enough people to take on that role um, and put the start to put the puzzle together. There's just a lot of people that are very specialized in their one or two things and have a hard time piecing that together for somebody. So like, that's just kind of, again, like how I looked at it. And, and again, I think having mentors that are good at what you do, finding courses that help round out your skill set, you know, as, especially as a personal trainer, there's a lot of opportunity to be really, really, really helpful for people and, yeah. and do, and do more if you want to. Yeah, totally. It's because that, that's the thing I've been gravitating more toward, especially it's just like you get people a little bit stronger and that just, it goes so far. Mm-hmm. Like just a little bit, like confidence wise, mental health, sure. feeling better. It compounds quick. And it's just like, you'd be silly not to have that in your repertoire or like mm-hmm. and yeah. utilize that as, as something. Sure. So I think there's this, there's a special bond with uh, strength training. Mm-hmm. And then, um, even with strength training, like, uh, this seems not related, but, um, like ice baths, for example, um, yeah. or cold plunging, however you Mental want to fortitude. That. Yeah. You're literally creating this thing that people don't think they can do. Yeah. They're like, ah, I can't pick up 70 pounds. They're like, ah, yeah, that sounds like a lot of weight to pick up, you know? And they're like, I don't, I don't think I can do that. Or there's no way I can you know, get in a cold plunge that's 30 degrees. Like they literally don't think they can do it. Mm-hmm. And the moment that you prove to them, like, oh, they themselves are strong enough to lift that weight or sit in that ice bath. They instantaneously light up with like, I, I, I can do hard things. Yeah, I can do hard shit, mm-hmm. and then you build and build and build that into them, and then the diet changes become easier because they know they can do hard stuff. Yeah, you know the whatever they need to do, it, it becomes doable. Right, they know if they put the effort in, they can do it. And there's a that's a that's a superpower, man. Like, and that's something I think modern society is taken away from us. But if you have that and possess that sort of mindset and that ability mm-hmm. get out of the way like better watch yeah. out yeah. yep i think those things are so powerful in that way for sure for sure yeah yeah you get me lit, lit up i'm excited I, I was telling we were talking earlier about how i was like oh man i like lost my fire with working out lately i need to just <laughs> now i'm like okay i'm gonna get off this call and go on a run i'm gonna sprint yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, uh, james man I, I really appreciate you coming on the call man we're uh running out of time unfortunately yes sir um yeah man how about you hit us with you know the socials where we can mm-hmm. find you and anything yeah. i know you got some courses that are coming up uh, yeah, yeah, yeah of course facility. Um, yeah you know my my ig is just james fryer nmt so like neuromuscular therapist um and then websites pretty much same game you know james fryer nmt.com and uh you know speaking of the the ice bass and cold plunge um i'm actually going to be leading a Breathwork retreat in Ohio. So it's going to be down in Hocking Hills, got this sweet cabin, and uh, we're going to explore 
breathing, rib cages, how to feel the breath. We're going to then take that and do hard shit. We're going to hop in a cold plunge, you know, get that going to get people to understand they can do hard stuff. We'll do some sauna stuff, um, little contrast work. And then we're going to do some, um, I'm doing it with Sarah Waller. She's um, a somatic breath work uh, coach. So it's more in the experiential uh, end of things, I would say. You know, some people can call it like uh, like a hallucinogenic breathing or it kind of takes you into a different state of mm -hmm. clarity and uh, helps open up your mind to seeing things a little bit differently. Um, it's not, you know, what we would say is like everyday breathing. Again, yeah. if people don't experience this, it's really hard to grasp how that works um, because it really is just something you have to do and feel in your own body. Nice. Um, so we're going to be doing that in the uh, first weekend of June. Um, sign up should be uh, on her page, on my page, on the IG. I'm going to get on my website here soon. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we have continuing education courses. Like I'm huge on bringing that stuff here in Ohio. So people that want to learn can find us and get going. So we have Gate Happens, uh, which is a foot uh, specialty uh, chiropractor PTs. Uh, they're going to be teaching a, a gate analysis course uh, here in Columbus in March. Um, that's also on my um, IG. So I'll get all that stuff through there. So it's uh, ready for people to sign up. It's on their page too. Gate happens uh, on IG. Um, and then we have a cupping course. Again, I, I'm, I want to continue to reiterate like, oh, cupping can be useful if you know how to use it. So this guy is coming up from Florida. Well, Take that back. I think he's in Cali, but Cali, Florida, who cares? They're all spoiled on any other still place. Warm. Right? All spoiled. Yeah, yeah, they're still <laughs> spoiled either way. Um, yeah. But no, he's great at the top research for cupping and how to use that stuff. And then uh, Zach Couples, uh, if you guys know him, uh, he's out in Vegas and he's bringing his human matrix course to Columbus and uh, excited for him. He's, he's so good at boiling stuff down and helping people understand movement and limitations and how to break through those things. So those are our three big courses this year and I'll be doing local stuff, hopefully pretty much monthly uh, here in Columbus. So if you want to experience some stuff or chat, feel free to come by. Cool, man. Perfect. I appreciate you uh, sharing all of that and coming on the show. So we will see you all in the next one.